This is the official Caps Chirp Podcast, proudly a part of the Hockey Podcast Network. Every team, everywhere. What's going on, Caps fans? It's me, the Hockey Troll, and I am here with that snack, Polly Cupcakes. What's up? What's up? Glad to be back after you took the reins on that very good interview on Monday. Yeah, yeah. Had uh, Talik Bortz on. Uh, what a name, by the way. Holy shit. We didn't even talk about that, but uh, what a good dude. Altrunite.com talking about how they help uh, underprivileged kids get hockey equipment and other sports equipment. So, DC fans, if you know anyone who has a connection, reach out to us and we'll we'll hook you up with Talik. You know, if you know an organization or some people in need that could use uh, some hockey gear. So, definitely let us know. Um, but, I do have to pay the bills here a little bit on our end. So, it's that time of year again. Conference tournaments are tipping off. Bubble teams are making their final push for a bid while the top seeds are preparing for what they hope is a long run. DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app, is cutting is putting new customers in the center of the action. Bet $4 on an underdog, win $256 if they win. It's that simple. That's bet $4 on an underdog and select college basketball games. And if they win, you collect $256. The bank is open. Pick one of many select college basketball underdogs for your shot at winning $256. All it takes is a $4 bet. There's no better way to put your college basketball knowledge to the test than to put your money where your mouth is with DraftKings Sportsbook. Don't worry if college basketball isn't for you. DraftKings Sportsbook offers great odds and promotions on golf, hockey, and so much more. DraftKings is a safe, and se- is safe, secure, and reliable, so you can deposit and withdraw your funds at your convenience. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use code THPN when you sign up to turn $4 into $256 if the underdog of your choosing pulls up the upset. That's code THPN to turn $4 into $256 for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Do it. Thank us later. DraftKings Sportsbook. Four dollars and a two hundred and fifty-six dollars. Use code THPN. Thank us later. Thank us later. <sighs> well, Polly, I know we have a beer league game, so we have so much shit to cover. Uh, I mean, the world has basically lit itself on fire. The Caps are dominant. Tom Wilson got suspended. We'll talk about all of it. The TV deal happened, or at least an iteration thereof. So uh, I think we just need to pop them open here. Let's do it. One, two, three. (sighs) All right, Caps fans. So, first off, league news, as per usual, the NHL has inked a seven-year deal with ESPN. Um, There has been rumor of another TV deal that's undisclosed for an undisclosed network in the works, um, but that's a huge deal, man. I mean, Polly, this is what we've been waiting for, right? We've been referencing this for, I don't know, how long? Um, You've been talking about it since I've been on the show, for sure, (laughs) Um, and 
it's been obvious that this is what your uh, your hopes of sanity lie in, because this is what is going to give the Caps the freedom, hopefully, to give Ovi what he wants and stay competitive. So this is good news. Um, you know, I just I'm a little reserved because I worry that ESPN will prioritize other sports, but it seems like they've got, um, you know, the fact that they'll have another network involved. I, I think between the ESPN deal and whoever else, whether it's Fox or CBS or whoever, I, I think we'll still get plenty of exposure on national TV. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, this is good for the, for the NHL. Like I don't, any way you cut it, uh, you're going from a pretty low ball. Uh, I mean, what was the last deal? I think you have it here. 200 million. Yeah, so it's it's 200 million a year for what NBC is paying now. And um Chris Johnston, uh I think he was with SportsNet and then I also saw in a Wall Street Journal article over the next 7 years ESPN's going to pay the NHL roughly 2.8 billion dollars for pay TV and streaming rights over the course of this time. So uh what wow. that's uh almost double isn't it yeah right and that's that's the the yearly number that i heard being thrown around is 400 million so yeah um that's a lot that's i mean and if it's not it's not it, it's not even over like it, they're saying that more could come but i mean i think that the nhl is really going to double down on the stream game bro like nhl tv will be yeah. no more Hulu ESPN plus, which I've actually enjoyed the is, is much to my chagrin. I've enjoyed the ESPN plus, uh, streams, dude. Like, I mean, what you yeah. watched on ESPN plus, right? Cause you have Hulu. Yeah. So I have that, um, Hulu Disney plus ESPN plus like 1299 per month bundle. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and so I think, you know, that's where a lot of the games are going to be. Um, I haven't watched much on ESPN plus this season because I, I bought the NHL TV, but in the past I've watched a lot on ESPN plus and I, I think it's very good coverage. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm not, I'm not upset about this. You know, I, I think they've got some good personalities. They, the guys who cover college hockey do a really good job. So I, I think there's a lot of potential here. Yeah, I don't know if you remember, but a few years ago, ESPN literally like scorched earth the entire hockey coverage team, and they left like Barry Melrose <laughs> and Butcher Gross. Yeah, so uh, definitely interesting to see in how how the uh, how they're going to come back from it. I mean, I'm sure that the NBC people are going to be looked at heavily. Uh, hopefully, Pierre Maguire loses his fucking job. Uh, <laughs> or gets hired by the Penguins. Yeah. <laughs> As like the GM or coach, that would be incredible. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but, hey, I mean, this is good. This is good. And it'd be great if it could be another $400 million a year with another network. And then we have hockey every night in the United States as it should be. Yeah. I mean, you think about it, like the NBA, they're on ABC, which is a part of an ESPN. So ESPN, ABC, TBS, and TNT. So on any given night, 
they could be on national TV on four networks. Right. So the NHL could do that. And if, if it's Fox or CBS, that's those lower channels that are in the basic plan. So, um, you know, it'll be like, yeah, like NBC where it's you know easier to act to access. So, um, yeah, man, I, I mean, I've already said it, but a lot to be excited about. Yeah. <clears throat> and I'm sure everybody's asking, well, how is this going to affect the, uh, the cap? And <laughs> Bettman has come out and said that the cap's going to be flat for the next four years. I think he's reining in expectations here. I, I'm not sure. I mean, the, the fucking, the fucking set of balls on this guy, right? Like, to say, hey, we just signed this brand new deal that literally doubles TV revenue. <laughs> but you're not going to... We've lost so much during COVID that you're not going to be able to uh, recoup any of that from your for your team. And I understand that, like, ticket sales are still the, the main driver of this entire thing. Like, you know, that's the main source of revenue for the NHL, ticket sales. There's no secret there. Mm-hmm. But, um, and, you know, maybe he's just being his, like, asshole business self but shit man i mean four years of a flat cap i don't buy it i don't buy it one fucking bit i think maybe one i think one maybe two and then hockey blows up fucking nhl to the moon you know i think it's a real it's a real shame that these billionaires have lost money so (laughs) we definitely need to put money back in their pocket and not give it to guys making a couple million per year who are getting their asses beat up <laughs> physically, right? Literally yeah. beat up. You're yeah. Right. So it's a, it's a good thing. We're taking care of the fat cats. Right. Absolutely. And that's exactly, that's exactly the sentiment that I, that I read. Uh, but anyways, I think that's really kind of like our biggest league news here. Um, I, good stuff, you know, regardless, good stuff. Let's see what happens. The TV deals always been talked about for years. It finally happened. It ended up being with ESPN. Who knows if, if, you know, NBC or whatever is going to take another stab at it. But, uh, I honestly also wouldn't care if it was like more towards the internet streaming, you know, like maybe it's, I don't know, like Netflix makes a move or I don't know, whatever that looks like. Um, maybe a standalone type channel for for service for streaming so interesting to see in any case uh moving on suspensions nashville's dante fabro has been suspended two games for elbowing carolina's brock mcginn and uh i didn't see it but you're saying it's the right call oh yeah um it elbow right to the head it it, it was the proper call it was it was definitely worse than tom wilson's hit that's for damn sure <laughs> which we're going to save that for last caps fans just to just to you know give you the teaser we'll constantly tease this but we have a ton of games to cover and honestly like uh well we'll save it ready to do the washington wraparound Polly? yep all right caps fans so road trip went well um, aside from an absolute embarrassing game in Boston, following one of the best games that I've watched in, I don't know, months, easily, probably halfway through last season, probably in a year, but it was probably the best game that most entertaining game, um, I saw, I've seen in like a year. And that was on Wednesday, March 3rd, going all the way back a whole seven days. <clears throat> 
at Boston, 7 p.m., evening game, uh, Chara's return, Chara's return. So, you know, we, we had that mojo going. Um, 2-1 shootout win. So I've got so many notes here. Like, what an incredible first period. Caps came out buzzing. Uh, you know, Pasta got about halfway through the period, got in behind the defense on a great pass from the D, but hits post, then Vanacek, then post again. Um, but that's literally the only thing the the Bruins could get going. I think the, the Caps put together such a great first period. Um, halfway through. What's that? Real quick. Um, so they didn't give pasta that didn't count as a shot on net. So if that had bounced in off of VTech, would it have been one goal on zero shots on net? No, it would have been a, it would have been a goal on one shot. So it would have counted as a shot if it went in. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. All right. It was just, it was a very odd play. Not something you (laughs) see often. Fair enough. Absolutely. I, I get it. I would. I. I think it would be a shot. So, yeah, I mean, yeah. it makes sense if it crosses the goal line. Then, then they kind of have to count it as a shot. Right. They're not that stupid, though. I see why. Where yeah. you would think they are for sure. Um, <clears throat> uh, halfway through the period, a great flip pass from Carlson Oshi. Um, then an awesome dish to panic back to Oshi for a beautiful goal. I mean, all for all for nothing. Because it ends up getting called back. But what a goal. I mean, you know, 30 feet in the air. They call it offsides. I do agree with the call, though. I wish that they would have at least shown us what, you know, what was going on. Like, what picture that they used to call that. Because you could yeah. barely see the puck in, like, the, the fucking, like, 1980s resolution bullshit that they have on uh, on the replay. <laughs> on the, the blue line camera. Yeah, and you know maybe this is something where uh, ESPN's light up puck will come in handy. <laughs> oh my god, I wonder if they'll bring that back. Honestly, but uh, who knows? Uh, so scary play um, on OV negating the power play that we'd earned. A uh, little knee contact on an interference call, you know, ends up being a stinger. OV's unbreakable, so that's great. Uh, and that's in the second period, I believe. The Bruins get their first shot on goal at the 15 minute mark. Oh no, that's it. This is still in the first. We're we're still dominating. Um, you know, end of the first, a really soft penalty from for panic. And I thought after 20, the refs were just absolutely terrible. Um, <clears throat> going into the second period, though, you know, the mojo continues. I mean, what a physical game! Boston woke up, started pushing back. Um, really great back and forth for each team, and it wasn't like shooting out it wasn't like you know trading chances it was like trading like spats of possession with like several chances in one uh i love to see it both teams buzzing physically committed great zero zero after two so like anybody who needs scoring to be entertained by hockey is just an asshole in my eyes because this was some of the most entertaining entertaining hockey that i'd i'd watched in a long time just Physically, you know, guys were throwing the body, guys were selling out, very playoff-like feel as the, as the cliche is. I mean, Polly, what were you thinking? Yeah, so I, I got a text from one of our regular commenters, A.J. Henry. Um, 
just mm. talking about how, how how Boston came to play, and you know I was just thinking about how how glad I was that this was the game on NBC Sports and not <laughs> the next game. Yeah, uh, but it was exactly what the NHL wants out of a game when they schedule this on national TV, and it was it it was everything you would you could want out of a regular season game. Absolutely. Um, and to finish it up, you know, the third period, the the comp- competition level for both these teams never never lowered behind below like a ten out of ten. You know, uh, third period was more madness, and Pasternak buries one off of Marsh of a Marshan feed on a two on one. Uh, love to see Ovechkin sell out on the play to try to stop it. That's how committed he was. I mean, you got Ovechkin back checking and diving to try to stop the play, um, but. Lars Eller off a rebound evens it literally minutes later. I mean, what a game. Again, you don't need goals for it to be fun. 1-1 after the third, going into overtime. Tuka Rask basically played off his ass. Uh, <clears throat> boys did a really good job of throwing some easily managed p- a rubber his way, I'd say. So, like, you know, we peppered Tuka Rask, but... Um, the shots that were dangerous, he made look easy and everything else. We kind of shot it right in the crest. Um, so, you know, goes to a shootout and Verona scores on the first shot and VTech doesn't get scored on at all. And the Cavs walk away with a win. Um, you know, it's a little cheap. It feels a little cheap. I mean, I'm glad to see that the, the fun didn't end until it absolutely had to. Uh, but I would be interested to see what that game would turn out in like a five on five over uh, unlimited overtime until you win, you know? Yeah. And I I think someone tweeted that was too good of a game to end in a shootout. And that's what you're saying. Right. I agree. You you need a, or you need a goal of an actual goal to win that. I mean, shootouts are fun, but that game deserved a true timed game winning goal. Absolutely. Absolutely, man. Um, so, hey, look, you know, a low-scoring affair. The guys look committed. I love to see it. Uh, and then we roll into Friday, the 5th. So we had a day of rest <clears throat> and then back in Boston for another 7 p.m. tilt. And, you know, it started out much the same, right? First period, caps look good, came out buzzing again, getting pucks deep, controlling the majority of the play, uh, you know, Good chances at the net from Eller, but Ratfink, Marshawn, and the you know the rest of the perfection line, as they call it, on uh, a great grinding play down low and a great passing play as well, uh, score uh, in the first. And then Caps get a late power play, uh, which has been one for 22 at that point and would end one for 23. So, you know, we, we go down one nothing. Uh, down in the first off of a good play. You know, you gotta, you gotta give it to him. That was an awesome play by the, by the Bruins there. Um, yeah. You know, coming back in to the second, you know, this is where the infamous Carlo hit goes down. Uh, you know, there's Willie playing on the edge. We'll get to that later. Caps fans chill out. Um, <clears throat> you know, Caps continue to get North South here. Like, the breakout was so fast. The neutral zone was, you know, we were buzzing through the neutral zone. Things looked good for the cap still. Like I wasn't worried, you know, um, <clears throat> actually and that, that hit was in the first, sorry, the, the Carlo hit was in the first, but you know, 
I'm, I'm feeling pretty good at this point. At the end of the first, we're down one nothing. Uh, second period, though, you know, teams come out, Caps look decent. Wilson gets in a fight, and I'd say he wins against Tenorti, I think it was. <sighs> um, because of the hit on Carlo, right? Little retribution, little answering of the bell, if you will. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and then we just get dinged for three. Like, holy shit. I mean, these passing plays were great. Uh, all of them on open nets. Uh, Bergeron, Frederick, Marchand. Bad random collapses caused this in our own zone. And I don't think any of these were uh, Vanacek's fault. Uh, at the end of the second, I'm just like, okay, well, we're just getting halacked here, right? Fucking yeah. Yaroslav Halak. Again, the bane of our existence. I mean, talk about a guy who's the most lucky against our fucking team, right? Um, <clears throat> yeah, when uh, when we were on the short shift last week, I, I think I said if if Halak plays one game, the Caps will lose. Right. And, well, Polly, you were right. Um, so, in the third, uh, it's even worse. You know, I think we kind of conceded defeat or at least nothing was working so give it to the Bruins they adjusted to our game and, and shoved it right up our hoop um, Backy gets his 700th on the last goal for Verona 700th assist but um, everyone was butthurt so no one cared that's so on brand for Backstrom like being so out of the limelight right like if we were running up a team like or if that was like a game winning assist it would have been too much spotlight for him probably. So we just wanted to get it out of yeah. the way. Right. Right. You know, and it's been the last like two weeks we've been focusing on him getting this and then he, he makes it happen and it's like, fuck me. Yay. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And he said in the press conference after he's like, that's a shitty way to reach a milestone and just kind of glares at the locker room. I would too. <laughs> yeah. All right, Sunday, March seventh, uh, when I did the uh, the old uh, interview with with Talik Bortz again. That's alternite.com. Check out the interview; it's only a thirty minute podcast. We went live; it was a good show. Um, <clears throat> he's a hundred percent ready to die for any cause on that shit. I mean, and and the amount of work that they've done and and dedication is is definitely um, inspiring. So, you know, again. If you know anyone, any organizations that, that where the kids need equipment, um, DC fans, you know, if you have any rink connections, he talked about wanting to get in with some rinks and network with them, sending them gear if they need be or driving it down. I mean, he's, he's in the, he's really trying to focus on like the metropolitan areas and, and the East Coast. So again, if you know anyone, reach out to us, reach out to alternite.com. It's A L T R U N I T E.com. And, and we'll be able to find a home for that gear, which he has literally taking up an entire two car garage. So yeah, <laughs> good stuff. Dedication. No doubt. No doubt. Um, okay. So Philadelphia 7 PM, you know, this game started like it could have been a game, right? Um, I didn't get to watch most of it, but the flyers put one in early on us and then we just went off for three unanswered. I did catch the tail end. So I saw the replay in the intermission that Sammy gave up like a pretty, pretty soft goal. Um, mm-hmm. But 
he ended the night with 36 saves, and I felt like every shot he took, he got better. Did you get to watch this game, Polly? I know you were... Oh, we didn't even ask... We didn't even explain why you were not here last week, so go ahead and explain that. Uh, we were adding to our family. We went and picked up our uh, our new puppy. So that's what we were doing last weekend. We went to Tennessee, and uh, it's actually – so the breeder we got her from, uh, our current dog, is her older sister. Same parents, full sibling, just a different litter. Um, so spent a lot of time driving. Oh, cool. <clears throat> so you bought this puppy from like – this like this dog is like chained up like an aliens and just like crapping out little puppies for your puppy mill organization. Is that what happened here? You know, it's funny that you say that because no, um, <laughs> we went there and all the, the dogs are all living. It's their pets. They're, they're, they're pets that breed. I mean, like they were all in the house. Um, it was, yeah, but they, they live a very good life. So any, any bad attitudes people have towards breeders, this one is, uh, undeserving, of negativity. Fair enough. Just, you know, using the dog to create babies and then ripping the babies from their mother's clutches and just jettisoning them off for their own personal gain. All good. Cool. Sounds great. Awesome. Yeah. Well, (laughs) they're all all loved. Um, Sure. Okay. So I did, I mean, yeah, I caught, I caught some of the game. Uh, I got to see, the sick Oshi fake pass that led to Ovi's goal. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that was just that, that fake drop pass by Oshi was that's, he's already got two like highlight play. Like for the, if, if the caps put together their best plays of the season so far, mm-hmm. I think the top two are Oshi's one handed goal and Oshi's fake drop pass, drop back pass. And then pass to Ovi. Yeah, uh, we definitely, you know, after weathering the storm in the sense of shots, because <clears throat> like I said, Sammy had 36 saves, so almost 40 shots on net. Uh, after weathering that storm and being able to come out the other end, I think that the guys were playing with a little swagger. And uh, yeah, I, I think that ringing off three unanswered is definitely a statement. Philly's in a bit of turmoil right now. Um, they've dropped a couple games. They just beat Buffalo in a shootout last night. So <clears throat> not great, but that ends the Caps road road trip at eight out of 10 points on the road. Yeah, that's good. I'll, I'll take that. Um, <clears throat> I, I'd love to see it. Um, and then finally we wrap it up with, <laughs> Oh, hold on. Okay. Uh, just, just let's, let's all give a shout out to Nick Jensen for his first goal. Oh yeah, that's right. Just walks in. If I could walk in like that on beer league, I'd probably score like one out of twenty at least, versus my like right? one out of a hundred. Yeah, um, but you know he's he's caught some he's caught some criticism. You know this season he's got one goal, seven assists. I think he's been playing very well. So uh, you know I just think that we as fans need to recognize that he's having a good season, and he finally hit the back of the net and. Dimitri, Dimitri Orlov had the game winner, and he's he's been scoring a good bit lately. Um, I think he he said 
I think I read an article today saying that his his family's here now, so now he's yeah. like less miserable, and that's why he's that's why he's having fun playing hockey because he's like his personal life is less miserable, which makes sense. Yeah, no doubt, absolutely. Um, and yeah, you're right. So uh, I think that our defense is really pitching in in big ways. Um, I liked the Jensen signing when it happened, and I liked that we traded for him and then immediately signed him. I thought he was a good value defenseman. Um, I think that, you know, they keep saying that like him being with Chara is really up the game. I think that those two skill sets just complement each other. Nick Jensen's never been the wheeling and dealing guy that you would think like, as far as like rushing the puck from their own end, just, you know, winding it up, going coast to coast and scoring, but he is a good passer and he does, you know, he does move his feet. He can skate pretty well. So, you know, evading danger and getting the puck out is probably more his specialty. Also being a little bit more of a shutdown guy, active stick and physical presence is, is important for his game too. But, you know, even if he lays off of the body checking as much as you would think Char is still there to just like literally drive people under the boards with like an inch of effort. <laughs> yeah. Right. right. Just existing. Yeah. So, um, <clears throat> No, it's it's been good. I think the defense looks good. I, I need our boy Justin Schultz to have like you know a few more multi-point games, and I might win a bet here. So, yeah, what's it? Thirty-five points, I think, is what I've got Schultz at this season. Yeah, <laughs> that might have been a ill-advised. Oh well. Uh, <clears throat> Tuesday, March 9th, versus New Jersey, seven p.m. Five to four overtime win. Holy fuck. I mean, thank God. Thank God. And this is at home. It start my notes. If you look at my notes, it goes beat down Setch. Caps had control of this game from the start. And I probably wrote that like halfway through the second. Third period yeah. rolls around and I go until they fucking didn't. That's like the next bullet point. Um, <laughs> you know, the NHL is too fucking competitive to be screwing around like this, like the Caps did. You can't just like take your foot completely off the gas. I mean, all right, maybe drag a little bit of ass, but for fuck's sake, win at least two or three loose puck battles. Um, you know, Caps are up 4-1. Then they concede three goals in the third as we sit back and just let the Devils work their way back in. I mean, it was an embarrassment. And that third period is probably the worst period that the Caps have played all season. Um, bad, bad. Thank God Verona ends it in overtime, who has been benched. Um, he was benched during the third on a bad change, uh, probably rightfully so. I think that a lot of Caps fans are trying to shield Verona uh, and, uh, from a lot of this stuff. And, hey, he's got 10 goals. He's, you know, I think second in scoring as far as goals go. Yeah. <sighs> Yeah, but if you look at it, Verona at every, every level with every coach since Hershey has had a lot of criticism on his effort and attitude and defensive play. Are three coaches wrong or does Verona just need to like, you know, bang some bodies when we're up and clear a puck and maybe sell out every once in a while to block a shot? Who knows? I mean, you know, I think that, and Paulie, you, you've seen this and, and we've talked about it. Like 
you look at these Russian players like Kuznetsov and Verana, and because they're not in there mucking and grinding and banging bodies and, you know, being the American style North American player that we want them to be, uh, I think that us North Americaners slash USA people are um, like shit on them, right? But when they are on and they're like basically magicians out there and controlling the entire game, uh, it's really hard to, to argue that in the sense that there's maybe only like five people in the league that can take over a game like Kuznetsov can when he is at that level. Uh, same with Verona. I mean, dude, that, that overtime goal is insane. He was he was uh, maybe two stick lengths away from the defender when he caught that puck and it was three. I counted them. I think it was three uh, crossovers. He caught the puck because he's left-handed. He caught the puck on, on the right side and then it was three right over left crossovers and he had fucking closed that gap and not only closed that gap, but burned the other, the, the defender. That's, um, <laughs> I mean, anybody who's ever played hockey knows how ridiculous that is. I mean, that's, how many times have you ever done that, Polly? Burn somebody in like three strides? Um, uh, very few, if any. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, that was like McKinnon McDavid breakaway kind of thing. Yeah. And then to get in, uh, basically alone and roof it shortly, you know, puck side on this, on the goalie. I mean, what a finish. Um, and there's speculation on certain sites that are DC blog sites about how uh, he's looking at Laviolette after the score and is like, you know, re- that, I think that's a little bit dramatic. I think, yeah, okay, maybe he is looking at the bench to kind of say like, all right, what's up? But, um, or staring the coach down. But look, man, I'm reading that uh, The Game by Ken Dryden. And they talk about Scotty Bowman, the greatest coach ever, and how none of this is personal. It's never personal. Uh, his his benching and sh- shuffling of lines and trading out of uh, you know moving moving of players in the sense of like healthy scratching guys and and things are not. It's nothing's personal. It's it's what's what puts the team in the best position to win. Um, I think that if if you've been watching the Capitals, benching players on the Capitals does not generally uh, translate to long term success. I mean, it worked for Trots, you know. Uh, but the way that I'm viewing this is that when you get benched, you're just being sheltered and uh, getting the good minutes. Laviolette eventually puts him back out during the three on three, and he scores the game winner. I'm not really sure how much more satisfied you could be from a coach to do that. Yeah. I mean, you're saying, you know, uh, I'm, I'm sitting you because you're not giving me the effort you want. And then you go out and you do it and you're like, good. That's what I wanted. (laughs) Right. Right. Um, and you know, what, what do you, when you're getting your, your fucking, uh, you know, dick pounded into the dirt by, like we did in the third, do you really want to put out Jacob Verona? Is that the guy that you think is going to stop the hemorrhage? The the guy that's going to uh, settle things down in the defensive zone and control a breakout out? 
No, that's the guy that you put out to spring in a desperation play. And if you're going to be at a desperation play level down three to four, uh, you know, I mean, up, up with a four, with a one goal lead, I'm not really sure that you should be behind the NHL bench, you know? Yeah. That's my two cents. Uh, on on a, on a lot of things like the whole Russian versus North America style, and then on Laviolette's deployment, you know, I I honestly I would rather have the fourth line out there in a close game, and if when we're up by one, or if we're trying to pre- in the last five minutes of the third period when it's tied, who would you rather have out there, Kuznetsov and Verona, or? Or Dowd and Hathaway and Haglin, who are going to just do all they can to get the puck into the other end and destroy their bodies to keep it there. You tell me. Uh, I, want, I want the fourth line. It's the same reason Ovi's not out, out there at the end of the game. Exactly. Exactly. You don't want someone who's out there that is very likely to abandon their responsibilities for an opportunity to jump on a breakaway. Those guys are all great hockey players. But they're not going to shut someone down. I mean, they they can, but you know, it's just kind of like in their nature that they're going to look for their opportunity to win the game instead of playing their part to uh, do their job and stop the other team from scoring. Right, right. I hundred percent agree. So, uh, you know, Caps fans, let's uh, you know, it's been less than twenty five games with Lavi. Let's uh, let's give him a break. Let's let him. Let's let him manage the personnel. Uh, we are close to division leading in the the most competitive division in hockey right now. So I think we're doing something right. Uh, but to bookend the the March 9th game, Vitek Vanacek is not allowed to get a shutout ever. He will never have one in his career in the NHL. He's not allowed. It's a new rule. Um. And it's about as ridiculous as the D- Department of Player Safety putting it out there. So that's our games. Um, we're caps are sitting pretty. You know, of the past four games, we are you know uh, we are out by uh, you know we've we've gotten we've gotten done with about three or we've gotten away with with four wins in the past five games. So a great, a great, uh, a great little stand. Paulie's got to go, uh, get up and do something. I don't know what the fuck he's doing, but let's get into the whole Tom Wilson debacle. Um, so in the first period of the game on Thursday, sorry, no Wednesday, March 3rd on the first period of that game, Tom Wilson throws a hit uh, in to Carlo, which on the follow through did hit his head and force his head violently into the boards. At which point, Carlo dropped his stick, grabbed his head, and crumbled to the ice. It looked bad. Uh, I hope Carlo's okay. Uh, apparently, he had to go to the hospital in a ambulance immediately following the hit and being helped off the ice. So he wasn't stretchered off or anything, but he was helped off the ice and went straight to the hospital. Um, you know, we're going to, it, it's tough. And from this hit, 
Tom Wilson has been handed down a seven-game suspension. I don't think I need to tell you, but I'm pissed off about it. I, I think that it's kind of uh, bullshit in the sense of the way that the NHL has come out and set how and, and assessed the penalty. Um, <clears throat> and that's and maybe I'm maybe it's semantics, right? But you have a rule book for a reason, right, Polly? Like you, you can't just make this shit up on the fly based upon the people involved and the people involved. Yeah. I mean, the, the boarding rule is they wrote, they it's written so vaguely and open-ended that they can apply it to anything. Right. As are all rules in the fucking hockey rule book, not just the NHL rule book, but like every rule in the hockey rule book is vague as fuck. Um, the hockey rule book, I feel like is a laminated double sided print, piece of paper that's the whole rule book um (laughs) (laughs) and you know what man like the 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 rules of hockey are more of and i tweeted this more of a oral and performative history being passed down from generation to generation rather than actual precedent and law if you will so let me just read to you uh what the Department of Player Safety has said about the hit um, and and why it was suspend, sus, suspendable in their eyes. Uh, because, like I said, this, it, it, they come out and basically say, we did this because it's Tom Wilson and he hit somebody too hard. <clears throat> so, um, it says, you know, I'm going to paraphrase, but With the puck bouncing in Carlos' skates as he tries to locate it, Wilson approaches from outside his field of vision and delivers a high, hard hit that makes direct contact with Carlos' head, driving it violently into the glass and causing injury. This is boarding. The boarding rule states, A boarding penalty shall be imposed on any player who checks or pushes a defenseless opponent in such a manner that causes the opponent to hit or impact the boards violently or, or dangerous, dangerously, which to me sounds like a body check uh, in any case on the boards. <clears throat> on this play, the combination of Carlo's battle with Verona, his head being low as he looks for the puck, and Wilson's angle of approach combined to leave Carlo in a position where he is defenseless. Through no fault of his own, he is unable to brace for contact, anticipate the hit, or protect himself in any way from Wilson, who is approaching from outside his field of vision. And here is where it I, I go off the fucking rails. And this is where this is just a whole crock of bullshit. It is important to note that we agree with the Capitals' argument that at this point in the play, Wilson could deliver a hit on Carlo that does not result in supplemental discipline. We acknowledge their assertion that it is common for NHL players to legally deliver hits on unsuspecting or vulnerable opponents. While there are aspects of this hit that may skirt the line between suspendable and not suspendable, it is the totality of the circumstances that cause this play to merit supplemental discipline 
What separates this hit from others is the direct and significant contact to a defenseless player's face and head causing a violent impact with the glass. This is a player with a substantial disciplinary record taking advantage of an opponent in a defenseless position and doing so with significant force. If I'm Carlo reading that, I'm I'm offended. Hmm. Basically called him a Jerry's kid. Basically called Carlo a turd. Yeah, really? You play in the NHL and you don't know as a defenseman that behind the net or in the corner you're susceptible to get hit. And when you know that the puck is being bobbled at your feet as you look down that you are quote unquote defenseless, you don't know that as a as a NHL defenseman. I don't I don't know, man. I mean, what do you think, Polly? Am I off base here? Um, I mean, I get why they did it. I think that hockey Twitter has ridiculously overreacted and the Wilson hate is just, just sounds like a bunch of crybabies. Um, it, I, th- I think your assertion or your, um, your interpretation of what the NHL said is fair. Um, I honestly can see both sides of this and I, I had a hard time truly forming my opinion. And I guess my thoughts on this were he needs, he's a big guy and he's got this record. Now he needs to hire someone to help him change his muscle memory and start hitting lower so that he can avoid this kind of situation in the future. I mean, any good hit, any any coach is going to tell you get low and explode in and up. You know, pump those legs like a like a spring into the body and through, right? You don't you don't drive them into the ground when you're in hockey. You have to go in and up. That's just how that's how you lift guys off your off their feet um and put them to the ground or into the boards or whatever. Um what what kills me about this is that they act like Carlo is defenseless, like he's some Jerry's kid who can't play hockey, like, uh, which has got to be insulting. I mean, I don't know. Carlo, I'm sure, doesn't give a fuck at this point, but like, I would be insulted if I was reading that. Like, they multiple times here say that, like, Carlo is defenseless. He couldn't help himself. He's like, you know, needs to be protected because he, he can't, I don't know, can't figure it out. Like, no. That's that's not the case. He had to have known that he was he was able to be hit. And honestly, the way that the the reason Willie's hands kind of like pump out is because Carlo his just the way his stick was hits him in the head like with his arm. Like his as he's going into the hit, he's pushed back. Wilson is uh, with like the forearm shiver, which is incidental, but I think that's kind of a contributing factor here because he hits him right under the armpit. I mean, the aim was there. He just rolled off of him and hit him in the head. Um, <clears throat> and the what I'm reading also out of this is that we did it because it's Tom Wilson. You know, the the yeah. ridiculous. I mean, they they all but admit it here. Uh, I mean, you know, the totality of circumstances that caused this play merit supplemental discipline. Like, you know. We can see, we acknowledge their assertion that it's common for NHL players to legally deliver hits on unsuspecting or vulnerable opponents. Though a paragraph before you say on this play, the co- the combination of Carlo's 
battle with Verona's head being low as he looks for the puck and Wilson's angle of approach combined to leave Carlo in a position where he is defenseless uh, through no fault of his own, which, I mean, that's a whole nother bag of worms to unpack. Like, where is the onus on the person getting hit anymore? Uh, you know, it's like he, and, and, you know, it says where his defense is through no fault of his own, he's unable to brace for contact, anticipate the hit or protect himself in any way. That's bullshit. Any hockey player that goes into the corner like that knows like, holy fuck. I am, am just, I am like, I am dangle, a dangling piece of meat above a pool of piranhas. Like, I, I don't, I mean, am I wrong? Do they not teach that anymore? Well, I mean, yeah, that's that's the whole keep your head up, kid. Right. You know, and- so, I mean, I think I think it's shitty. Um, and you're, you're right to be upset about it. And I think the NHL Department of Player Safety definitely did this because it's Tom Wilson. And, I, and that's one thing that I definitely don't agree with is them saying that like, like putting it on head contact because you're right. Like he made body contact. The head was, was an after part of it. Like that's, that's not something he really could control. Right. And that was the whole like principal point of contact, main point of contact, direct contact. These are all meaningless words. They don't mean shit when you don't explain them in the literal document which is meant to explain that and and that is the frustrating part so here's the thing i do not did i i think that i don't even know if i'll go far enough to say that i think that tom wilson should have received some sort of supplementary discipline here i pro i honestly don't um i don't even think it was they they called it not even a two minutes on the ice right i mean that wasn't even a penalty the way that they hit it's an incredibly unfortunate set of circumstances, and I, I'm not trying to say Carlo is at fault in any way in the sense of, you know, being crushed like that. I mean, Tom Wilson's a very strong uh, person and has shown that multiple times, and that's, I feel like, a lot of time. I mean, the Zach Aston Reese one, you know, you're going shoulder to shoulder with a guy, going full speed, you know, that really separates the men from the boys, if you will. When you are charging headfirst at somebody on skates and both of you lower a shoulder and whoever comes out on top of there is clearly the the stronger and more thick, right? And the way that Tom Wilson came out on top against Zach Aston Reese and literally broke his jaw into a million pieces just exemplifies how strong the dude is. Um, <clears throat> I So... The onus of the, the one, I've got so many problems. The, the onus of the player being hit is gone. Fine. Whatever. That's fine. The going against precedent though, this is the first time anybody's ever been suspended for boarding when the hit wasn't from behind. So that's breaking precedent here. The acknowledgement of the league saying that like, you know, oh, well, this hat, we get this happens all the time, but because of the quote unquote, what do they call it? Totality of the circumstances which AKA to me means because of who was involved uh, is um, you know, I think that's a little bit of, you're just making it up on the fly at this point, which is not how rule good rules work and solid leagues manage their shit. Um, And then third, you know, uh, where does the president go from here? I mean, 
you might, I would have much rather, I would have respected them more if they were just like, it's Tom Wilson, you know? Uh, and they do cite here, uh, he had the player with his substantial disciplinary record, taking advantage of an opponent in a defenseless position. When you say that the repeat offender status, by the way that it relates to the actual written rules is only once guilt has been assigned. Right. So like that should not, they, they make sure to say that that is only, um, you know, if, if you're a repeat, repeat offender, like having been in, been suspended in the last 18 months, you are then one, if you are then proven guilty in a separate case, you go to this like sentencing. And at that point, that's when the re- repeat offender status comes into play where you are fined more and you are given more time off in the suspension. So they're really breaking like their own rules here to really just pigeonhole Tom Wilson. I, I, that's, that's what I don't, that's what I hate about it. Um, so yeah. And <clears throat> I'm on a rant. Sorry, Paul. I'm on a rant. You've been quiet this pod and I'm, I'm sorry, but I'm on a fucking rant. And here's what, here's the last thing that I will, you know, will my bitching aside, I think I've made great points, <laughs> but even if you completely disagree with me here on how, on everything, I think that there is a way to move forward. And I think that if we, if, if fans and, uh, you know, me not necessarily being one of them, but fans and the league together, you know, even if it's the majority want this type of stuff to end, you need to outlaw head contact with the body or any part of the of the player much like a high stick if you touch the head even if it's a graze you get a penalty it's two minutes right um if it results in injury or whatever you know in college in in college if you hit somebody and they it results in an injury you're out the rest of the game um yeah so you know, in, in, oh go ahead in in football that's how it is with a face mask whether you touch it or or grab it and rip their helmet off you know it may be i can't remember it may be a difference in in how much yardage but if you touch that face mask it is a penalty no matter what no matter how gentle or hard you do so what you're saying is it can be done any kind of head contact boom penalty penalty Penalty. it's an outlaw head contact you would literally change the book to say all head contact is illegal <laughs> in any way, shape, or form. Uh, so, you know, you could even keep the high stick rule where, like, you know, if you're cut, you get four. But that's the big thing is that if you really want to stop this, if this is if this is a true – if you if you're not trying to pigeonhole Tom Wilson here, uh, which if you are, 100% respect that. Thanks for letting him live rent-free in your head. Uh if you are trying to, you know, truly make the game quote unquote better and safer, you just need to outlaw head contact in any manner. Um, you know, uh, I think that that's probably where the most bulk of the injuries come from when you're forcing somebody's head into the boards. So, uh, either indirectly or directly, but I think that just saying you can't touch somebody's head period is, uh, is a good start. Yeah, will there be a ton of penalties called that you think shouldn't be called? Sure. But I guarantee it takes half a season for everyone in the NHL to wise up and figure it out. 
you know? It'd be a big adjustment. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, they're professional athletes. This is how it's going to happen. I mean, you want more scoring? Hey, maybe you're going to kill two kill two birds with one stone here. If, you know, more power plays, more scoring, you know, make the league more accessible, no head contact. I mean, straight up. Uh, but, you know, as we know, the GMs and the league have shown zero propensity or effort towards making that change. And they know that they, they're not stupid. They know that this is the right way to do it. They know that that's the exact way to do it is outlaw head contact, but they won't because they don't want to deal with a butthurt from the old school fans. And they don't want to, you know, probably they don't, they don't want to like be looked at as the ones who pussified hockey or whatever the, whatever you want to like go, you know, whatever be a man bullshit you want to fucking put on that. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, Willie in bad, bad jail for another five games. <laughs> yeah, bad, bad jail. Uh, yeah. Well, you know, dude, I, I, we've blown through a ton of content. Uh, next week's games at, well, we only have two. Is that it? Oh, until Sunday. Until Sunday. Yeah. Um, and we will be at the Flyers, uh, 3-11, 3-11 day, um, if you're into the old nineties alternative rock or early two thousands alternative rock, um, 7 PM. And then at the flyers again on the 13th at 7 PM, we're looking good going into Philadelphia as the flyers are in a bit of turmoil right now. Carter Hart looks like he's playing like shit. Um, he's had the net yanked away from him a couple times. The Flyers at times look very good and then at other times look very bad. So let's keep that train rolling. I don't think we can afford to give up any games in this tight uh in this tight race. So I'm going two and Two and in Philly. Typing it down. Well you were close last week. Uh I think oh, this but- is two weeks in a row where yeah. We went three and one, and I had predicted three zero oh, and one, and you had predicted four and zero. Oh. Yeah. Um, so again, I guess technically I won that. Uh, I think. Technically. I think. I think it's going to be one and one. I think the the Flyers are gonna, they're gonna come out motivated in one of these games, and the turmoil is going to, uh, you know, boost them because they're 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 going to come into this new and they. Like we're playing the caps. We need one of these. Yeah, that's a good point. And uh, if there's any team that can snap a losing streak, it's the Washington Capitals. So it's very on brand for the caps. You know, you, you're in a slump. You want to go beat a division win, a division leader. Go ahead. Tee up the Capitals. Uh, yep. But nope. I think we're going to keep this strong mojo going. I think that Laviolette is going to continue to – push the proper um the proper uh assignments and uh we're just gonna we're gonna keep rolling um shout out tyler dro 24 underscore one and with the free tom wilson uh free tom wilson shout out definitely um it's another so yeah. caps fan in in uh Peglin territory yeah yeah you know keep fighting the good fight brother <laughs> uh well Okay, you're one and one. I'm two and zero oh because you have no faith. But that's that's just how it's going to be. Hoping 
that this Sunday we have a bit of a special guest, but we'll just tease that out right now. I never commit. I never, I never, uh, um, announce guests. We never hype guests because nine out of 10 times they cancel on us or just ghost us completely. Um, it's kind of like my, my dating history. (laughs) Uh, yeah. It's hard for me to have faith in the Capitals when St. Thomas is not there to answer my prayers. <laughs> Dude, we got to we got to put that on a shirt. The St. Thomas yeah. thing. I uh we we I tweeted out your the graphic. So if you guys ever see the St. Thomas graphic that we put on Twitter and stuff, that is completely designed by a troll. Um <laughs> and it is just one of the most hilarious things ever. We find it funny. I don't know if anybody yeah. else does, but <laughs> f- I, we give you permission to push it out there. I share it at every step. Every time I can, I share it. Um, and I wonder if people think it's funny, but we give you permission to use it however you want, or I do. Um, so go ahead, use it. I didn't do a great job on the chin, but I wanted it to look like a bad Photoshop job. So I'm not even mad. Uh, <laughs> but if you make money off of it, send us a check. Yeah, if you make money off of it, geez, fuck, at least buy us a beer. Yeah. Or a seafood right. buffet. Yeah. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> All right, Caps fans. Well, look, thanks for joining us. We'll get through this together with the whole Tom Wilson thing, I promise. But uh, until next week, it is, well, until Sunday, really. I mean, you know, you've gotten us live two times or gotten me live two times this week. But until Sunday, hopefully with a very important, cool guest, um, it is Hockey Troll Polly Cupcakes signing off. Hey, Caps fans. Thanks for tuning in to the official Caps Troll podcast, repping the greatest team in the NHL. Follow me, the Hockey Troll, at Hockey Trolling on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And follow me, Polly Cupcakes, at Cupcake Polly on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. And follow the show's handle, at Caps Chirp, on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Special thanks to the Hockey Podcast Network, at Hockey Podnet on social, and the HockeyPodcastNetwork.com. The Hockey Podcast Network, every team, everywhere. Check them out, or we're not friends anymore.